0: what's up everybody thank you into the latest episode of Reasonably Outrageous. I'm your co-host Matt Weirich along with Blake Pace and we are here just less than two hours away from first pitch of MLB postseason 2019. I could not be more excited. I'm wearing a Rendon jersey. Been stoked about it all day. Blake how you doing man?
1: Yeah I'm good. I'm, I'm hanging here in my uh in my um Christian Yelich jersey, so I got Did that you get a Yelich jersey? A, That's sick. No, oh. no, I didn't. But I was going to say, that <laughs> would be a really good find. Just to spite you. I almost yeah. got, so I know we talked about, you know, uh, last episode or two episodes ago talking about how I was planning on going to a Braves game. Mm-hmm. If I ended up actually going to that because MLB scheduling kind of screwed me over, I totally would have bought an Acuna jersey. I, I oh, would have uh, gone cool. there. That and, would have
0: been crossing the line. You know, if you had a yellow uh, jersey, <laughs> I could respect it, but anyone on one's the Braves... That too far? No, that, that's too far. That's too
1: far. Oh, wow. I totally would have done that too, but... Uh, <laughs> that would have been like me but...
0: buying a Betts jersey. I mean...
1: Yeah, but you would be buying a Betts jersey for a different team because he won't be on the Red Sox next year. So next like, year?
0: Whoa, that's a or, hot take. T- sorry,
1: sorry. Two years from now. My yeah, apologies. Okay. Okay. I got a little fast start of that. Although they did take him off of the 2020 uh, promotion package mm-hmm. that they sent out to season ticket holders, so I think who knows? That Mookie
0: Betts is in the same boat as Chris Bryant. He's just too good to trade. You know, at the end of the day, sure, yeah. they could get a buttload of prospects for him and they're probably not going to re-sign him, but... I mean, with the core that you have, you're trying to win now. You can't trade a guy like Betts. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, but but Boston doesn't even, like, they don't have, like, they have to reset, essentially. They can't keep everybody, or they can't even, like, go into free agency with Martinez. So do you let Martinez go?
0: Definitely. If if Martinez opts out, there's no shot that they're going to be bringing him back. So he has to opt out knowing that he's going somewhere else. I mean, uh, you're already stuck with Chris Sale and David Price as far as contracts go. Um, you know, you oh, their
1: money situation is horrible. It,
0: yeah, well, they're the they're the most expensive team in the league. Uh, they yeah f- far and away exceeded the luxury taxes the past two seasons. So, you know, they're, they're going to have to make some some changes there. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, maybe trying to dish a guy like Ivaldi if you can, uh, just to shed yeah. some payroll. You know, something like that might be the move for them. Um, because you can get a guy of Ivaldi's status for much cheaper uh, on the free agent exactly. market. It's just a question of you know, do you pair a prospect with him Not that they're a prospect. You know, well is all that good, but this isn't a Red Sox podcast. Yeah, this wasn't a topic that we had planned <laughs> no, on we're doing just, today. It, My... it was all your fault for bringing up I know. Christian yellow jersey. <laughs>
1: exactly, but no, I am excited to be here. It's October, man, and October's October. the best month. It's the best month in sports because we get uh, the NFL. It's the one month where we get the NFL, um, Major League Baseball, college football, NHL and NBA. I'm thinking the NBA season starts in the end of October. I could be wrong, but yes, if not, it's, it's like two weeks. It in, does. I think. Oh, okay, so then there we go. So we get this is and, the one month where and, we get all
0: of those. Sports. Hey, the Mystics are in the WNBA finals right now. So wow, yeah,
1: I couldn't tell you what city they're in. <laughs> the Mystics. Uh, like yeah, the Washington,
0: Washington Mystics. That's that's DC. Baby. Oh, that's DC. Yeah, wow. they got Ella Del Don, the um, MVP of oh, the league this year. Oh, I remember year. her. Yes. I,
1: honestly, if you started giving me random WNBA team names, I couldn't tell you what city they're matched up with. Mm, that would Ooh, be a Oh no, fun I game. could, I could, I could give you the Minnesota Lynx.
0: There you go. That's one. Hey, that's
1: the one. One out of you. what?
0: They have sixteen teams. I don't, I don't really know. Do
1: they? Something I have like no that. idea. <laughs> um,
0: I only know because, you know, the, the bullets, DC. uh, I mean, not bullets, the wizards, uh, fandom has been pushing it with DC fandom. So, you know, it's been gotcha. around. Yeah. Um, I okay. probably wouldn't, wouldn't even know, um, if that they were in the playoffs if it weren't for that, but yay, yeah, you yeah. know, it, it's an uh, no, exciting they... time to be a DC sports <laughs> yeah. fan right now, unless you are a diehard Redskins fan, in which case it is yeah, a terrible time. Uh, that's going to segue into our uh, first topic. We're going to go into stockwatch uh, stock watch, which we talked about, about After week one, uh, as a segment we were looking at doing, we decided at first we were going to do it every week, and then every other week, and now we're deciding to do it at the, the quarter marks of the season. So we did it after week one. Yes. We'll do it after week four, which is now uh, after week eight, week twelve, week sixteen. I think that just kind of uh, you know gives us a chance to kind of look back at what our previous picks were, and uh, then go into okay, what has really changed in those four weeks? Because you know a, a lot of not a whole lot can necessarily change. I mean, early in the season, but not a whole lot necessarily changes from. Week to week, uh, once you start kind of getting in the nitty gritty of the season, uh, you kind of know who the established teams are and everything like that. So uh, we did have a weird week this past week, though. I mean, oh. whether you're talking regular teams, whether you're talking fantasy wise, uh, it's it's pretty crazy Dambling. what happened. Oh, it was I lost my entire Bovada balance. I will just say it was a bad, bad yeah. weekend uh, for Matt Wyreks bets. Um, but we are now left to pick up the pieces and, and look at the ruins and say, <laughs> okay, who's. Who stands out among the pack? And we're going to go through here now uh, with our four pieces uh, of this segment. Buy, 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 a team that's trending up, sell, 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 a team that's trending down, Savvy Investment, a team that is trending down but you believe will right the ship, and Short That Stock, trending; a team trending up uh, that you don't believe will be able to keep it up. So we're going to start with buy, buy, buy. Uh, and Blake, how about you go ahead and give us your first pick there?
1: Yeah, so I didn't think I'd be saying this uh, a month into the NFL season, and I think there's a listener out there that's going to enjoy me uh, talking about this, but I'm going with the Detroit Lions as my team <laughs> that I am buy, buy, buying. I so would, last, I was wait, th- wait,
0: but real quick, before you go in, you did say uh, your lock was the Chiefs um, minus yeah, seven it over was. the Lions, so.
1: It was, and that's why I'm I'm surprised and I'm You're buying really flopping stock, here. you know? I, I, I know I am I, well I, I watched the you know I was able to watch the game as one of my four that was on um, on with uh, Sunday ticket and I actually went back and got to watch it with game Pass thanks to Stampede Blue for paying for that. Um, and thoroughly impressed with the, the Detroit Lions. Um, now I'm not necessarily impressed with Matt Patricia and his like clock management skills. He gave Kansas City a lot of opportunities to just continue to run the football on that last drive uh, by calling timeouts. So that part I wasn't thoroughly impressed with. Um, that doesn't matter, though. The the talent out there that I'm, I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed with, um, they're, they're sound on both fronts, offensive and defensive. Matthew Stafford does not look like Matthew Stafford last year. It, it was a tough adjustment year for Matthew Stafford last year when he was kind of you know, so used to his entire career being one of those guys that had to improvise on every single play. And then all of a sudden you have to tell him, no, comfortable, stay in the pocket, do that stuff. It was, it was just a bad year for Matt Stafford in 2018. Um, He looked extremely uh, well um, on on uh, Sunday against Kansas city, a very talented team. Um, they, they just caught some unlucky breaks. You know, you take you know, the hundred yard fumble return for a touchdown, you know, the, the 14 point swing. I, I can't think of anything worse to happen in a, in, you know, a single play uh, to be crossing into the end zone. And then all of a sudden swings a hundred yards on the same play to where the other team scores a touchdown. So um, unfortunately that swing, uh, you know, was huge. You think about you know putting away a Kansas having a chance to you know gain a sizable lead on Kansas City, um, but very impressed with them. Um, I, I would buy their stock because you know you take a look at their schedule. Uh, they do have a tough game next Monday night against Green Bay. We'll figure out a lot about them um, in that game, taking on a you know two weeks in a row. Very talented quarterbacks uh, in Pat Mahomes and. Um, Aaron Rodgers, the following week, they've got the Minnesota Vikings, which, uh, you know, if you're a talented team and you play the Vikings, you're going to win because you don't have Kirk Cousins as your starting quarterback. So that's easy for them. I would expect them to beat the Vikings. And then they've got two games against the Giants and the Raiders. Um, two, two very low teams right now. And so you're looking in a four-week span, a chance to go 3-1 and one with, if you can upset the Packers on the road, potential 4-0. and oh, And then, you know, they'd be sitting really pretty in, in the NFC North. Um, you know, they've got a chance to seize the opportunity uh, on Chicago. Um, I know that Chase Daniel probably looks a lot better than Mitch Trubisky. So they've got that matchup uh, on early November that they have to look out for. Um, but... All things considered, I, I was I was pleasantly surprised with the way the Lions performed and stayed toe to toe with the Kansas City Chiefs. They did a great job in in limiting a guy that uh, had never you know had a game in which he had thrown zero touchdown passes to throw zero touchdown passes. Um, very impressed uh, with Kansas with with Detroit, and I, I think if you look at their schedule the next month, it plays very favorably to where you're looking at them, um, you know, uh, with a really nice record heading into the month of November.
0: Yeah, I think a big piece for them was Taylor Decker, uh, their starting left tackle, a 2016 first-round pick. Struggled in that oh, first yeah. game uh, against the Cardinals and then suffered a back injury that forced him out uh, in Week 2, but since then has come back, uh, and we talked about on Johnson just last week and how he really wasn't finding open space uh he was kind of running into a lot of trouble up on the line I think Decker's presence has really helped that and obviously he had a big breakout game against the Chiefs which so is a very underrated defense uh you know for the pieces that they have uh they don't get a lot of credit because of how good that offense is they still give up points in bunches and certainly the Detroit Lions offense showed up um but uh you know I think overall Having that offensive line be a cohesive unit uh, is huge for this team. I mean, Matthew Stafford is a guy who limits mistakes. Maybe uh, you know has a high floor, uh, but not necessarily the, the highest ceiling. Um, but you know, throwing for 291 yards and, and three touchdowns is certainly going to get it done um, in most games. There are no such thing as moral victories in the NFL, but certainly the Lions have to be mm-hmm. feeling pretty good where they are right now at two one and one uh, in that NFC North. that seems wide open right now.
1: Yeah, definitely does, especially with Minnesota taking a step back. Chicago, uh, you know, still trying to piece things together. We'll see how much of an upgrade Chase Daniel might actually be over Trubisky. And Which then, is yeah, the, the Yeah, so funny. <laughs> uh, and then the Packers also falling to Philadelphia. Um, So this Monday night game is going to be huge to really see who really is in the driver's seat uh, in the NFC North. But it certainly seems right now like it's you know, between the Lions and Packers for the time being.
0: So if the Lions do win that Monday night football game real quick before I move on, do you consider them to be a top five team in the
1: NFL? No, no, no. no. A top five team? Top five team. Who are your top five ahead of them? Uh, My top five teams that I would have ahead of them would be the Patriots, uh, the Chiefs. I would put the Cowboys, the Saints, and the Rams.
0: I don't know, man. The Rams just got humbled.
1: No, the Rams. I'm I'm not worried about that game at all.
0: Cowboys offense struggled. I mean, I'm not worried about. I, <laughs> I'm just I, saying. I'm, not, I'm saying there's a case to be made that the Lions are yeah, are close but, to that conversation if they beat the Packers.
1: No, if they beat the Packers, um,
0: because it, I mean, the yeah. Packers. What would be your 16?
1: Yeah, they would be, and they. So would there
0: actually, you go. I, you so would probably I have. Them I, I would
1: put them. I I would if the Packers win, I have them in my top five. If Detroit wins. I don't, which sounds weird, mm-hmm. but I guess I'm just more so putting trust in what I've seen from Aaron Rodgers and that, and and the defense so far. I know they didn't like great against Philadelphia, but no, I would put Detroit in my top 6-7 if okay. they're able to beat Green Bay. So you, have, I, I you would, have
0: some respect on that name.
1: Oh yeah, I would I would have interest in, in putting them in my top 5 to see it further on in those weeks, you know, as long as they can handle business against you know, Minnesota, if they can take care of the Raiders and Giants, you got to put them up there. You know, they've had a great start.
0: All right. Well, my team that I'm buying into right now, the Browns are back, baby. Two and two. (laughs) I mean – I, they hit rock bottom to, to start that the, the season. They really got humbled uh, against the Titans, uh, but they've come back and had two big wins, obviously over the Jets. Maybe not necessarily the huge win, uh, considering their quarterback situation that it might have been had Sam Darnold been playing, but this win over the Baltimore Ravens, make no mistake, was a big one uh, for the Browns. Baker Mayfield returns to form, throws for 342 yards, having 11, averaging 11.4 yards per pass. Has only one touchdown and an interception, uh, but finishes with a pass rating of 102.4. Nick Chubb went off. Odell, not necessarily a huge factor in this game, but that's the thing. You have so many weapons. Jarvis Landry goes off for eight catches, 167 yards. Uh, Overall, just a a really good performance by this offense. The defense uh, limited Uh, a fantastic quarterback. Lamar Jackson forced a few turnovers. You know, I'm... I'm back. I'm back with this team, man. I mean, <laughs> I, I was holding off on, on you know, saying, oh, it's over. Oh, it's over. Like a lot of people were very quick to do. You know, I, I think that if you're the Browns and, and with all the hype that they had this offseason, the fact that you have a new head coach and uh, a lot of guys who are still learning the offense, getting uh, used to being to playing with each other on the same field. You would kind of expect to be out to a two and two start, to be honest. I mean, obviously they started out zero and two, and that was the big glaring number. Uh, but both of the games that they've, that they've won have been on the road, so you'd expect them to, you know, at least win out or come close to that in home games uh, moving mm-hmm. forward. That's already putting them with eight wins, uh, you know, seven eight wins. All they got to do is steal a few extra on the road, and we're looking at a ten eleven games win season. Uh, you know, and I think that's certainly something that the Browns are capable of. So I, I'm buying into the Brown stock right now, man. I'm riding high.
1: Yeah, I, I don't I don't blame you at all. Getting out of the month and finishing two and two is not as bad as you could have imagined. I know week one we talked about it is just a horrible way to start your season. Um, we're going to learn a lot about them in, in October because you're, mm-hmm. you're traveling to take on the undefeated 49ers next, um, next Monday, right? Yeah, next Monday night. This upcoming oh, yeah. Monday. Yeah, this upcoming Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you've got them to worry about. Um, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Detroit has a bye week heading into this week. So, sorry. They don't play the Packers this Monday night. They play them the following Monday Oh, night. So, see, I wasn't looking at the schedule. So I was just is.
0: believing you, man.
1: What are you doing Yeah, you no. I, I saw Monday, and I was like, oh, well, they they must play every week of the season. They don't get a bye week because they're the Lions, and they're sad. But, um, no. So, the Browns play the 49ers this Monday. The following week, that's a big they, game. Uh, they host the, – well, then they host the Seahawks. Oof. And then they travel and take on New England. So their next three weeks are against the 49ers, the Seahawks, and the Patriots. Those teams are combined uh, ten how ten and one? Yeah, ten and one so far this season. So those three weeks are going to be huge. They do get a week against the Broncos after that, but then they play the Buffalo Bills, (laughs) who have been very strong. so this we're gonna learn. This month is gonna decide if they're a you know a fake good team or if they're a real good team because they'll be able to steal their wins against the Bengals and the Dolphins and the Cardinals and the Bengals uh, again later in the season. They'll be able to steal those wins. They they'll probably steal those wins against Pittsburgh as well. But um, if they're able to to stay competitive with the 49 Nineers, Seahawks, and Patriots, I'm I'm all in on buying in on them even if they lose those games. Because as long as they can stay competitive against those top teams, it shows me that they're meant to stay around here.
0: We'll see what happens, man. Sell, sell, sell. Who are you going with?
1: Sell, sell, sell. I I love him to death. He's a beautiful human being that dresses (laughs) like he's going in to be a substitute teacher. Uh, But Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, I am sell, sell, sell on the season. They are 2-2. They are one game out of the NFC East picture. And I don't think anybody is proclaiming them. Uh, to be, you know, a potential threat. But you know how New York loves to get behind its fans, and it's such a big fan base that you hear about all the positive screams about Daniel Jones being 2-0 and uh, and him, you know, riding high into the next, uh, you know, the the rest of the season. But if you think about it, and I just wrote about this as well, as you know, the Giants, they should have lost to Tampa Bay. You know, that, that was a game that they should have lost. If it wasn't for that missed field goal as time expired, they lose that game. And then they beat up against... If they're not the worst, they're the most dysfunctional Washington Redskins uh and took care of them pretty easily, twenty-four to three. Um but so those two wins, I, I I wanna give Daniel Jones credit because he is a rookie stepping into his first two uh starts of his NFL career. But you you beat a team that you shouldn't have beat because Tampa Bay missed a field goal as time expired. You pummeled on the the Redskins and still threw two interceptions in that game, and then your next uh your next four weeks, you host the Vikings next week, which we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, can the defense stop Dalvin Cook and the receivers on the outside? I'm not sure. Um, the Giants then travel to take on the Patriots Thursday night. That's going to be a loss. Uh, they have a, a game against the Cardinals, which is fine, but then they go and play the Lions and the Cowboys, uh, two very talented teams. So, I, I'm not so saying that this, the stock is is high right now where you sell, but even at two and two and one game out of the NFC NFC East. I think you just got to sell um, I think you just got to sell on the Giants for their season because as much of a a happy start it's been to Daniel Jones career it's about to get very serious in the next month or so.
0: Well, dude, I mean, all you got to do is look at the team on the other side of the ball. I mean, the Redskins yeah. are a train wreck and they've made They're awful. Uh, every team that they've played look great. I mean, uh, look at week 1, they play the Eagles and get off to a hot start and then the Eagles have this huge comeback. That's the narrative going to the next week. Dallas, week 2. Dak Prescott goes off. Everybody's hyping up Dak. That's the narrative going into the next week. The Bears week three. Trubisky has a fantastic game. Everybody's saying, "Oh, is he back? Is he back? Is this yeah. the Trubisky that we're going to be getting?" No, it's the Redskins. Then we go in here. You know, the Wayne Gallman is scoring two touchdowns in this game. I don't think that's something that we can necessarily count on moving forward. So the Redskins are kind of inflating uh, the narratives of the teams that they are playing. So yeah, I agree with you. That's not something necessarily that I would be buying right now. My Sell, 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 just so happens to be right in this game, and that's the Redskins head coach, Jay Gruden, and his job security. Uh, He obviously brings in Dwayne Haskins in a very highly... Uh, I don't want to say contested. What's the word? Uh, basically a scru- highly scrutinized wor- uh, move uh, to bring him into the game. Uh, when a lot of people say he wasn't ready, what do you have to lose? Well, only the entire future of your top draft pick uh, quarterback. He throws for 107 yards, no touchdowns, three interceptions, takes a pair of sacks, finishes with a passer rating of 32.89 of 17 completions. That was a terrible performance from him, but the decision to bring him in at all just doesn't sit well with me. I get it. It's against the Giants. You know, that that might necessarily be a team that he can exploit, but... All of the reports coming out of camp so far have been that Dwayne Haskins isn't ready for the NFL field. He's still getting used to things. He's not exactly taking first-team reps because Case Keenum has been doing that. Uh, So, you know, he's not used to playing with these guys. It's just not a great situation. Obviously, Jay Gruden is trying to win games. If he wants to win, you know, keep his job, he's got to win football games but was bringing Dwayne Haskins in at that point really the best situation uh, for your team? I don't think so. I don't think it was the best situation for his future, and I have to imagine that his leash is pretty short in Washington right now.
1: Yeah, it was unfortunate to to throw Dwayne in there after you know not giving him enough time to prepare with the starters. I mean, you think about I was listening to, uh, I think it was Bill Simmons who said this, and he was said, you know, a good organization gets their rookie quarterback ready by, you know, giving him a full week uh, in advance to get ready for the game. Um, you know, an OK1, okay you know, lets him work half the starters reps of the week leading up to the game. A bad team gives him halftime to put him in, and then an awful uh, organization just throws him in the middle of the second quarter. They literally just were like... They they could have at least given him halftime, but they're yeah. so dysfunctional that they were just like, nah. Middle of the second quarter, just the Redskins go and do just, what you
0: just have to be the most dysfunctional franchise in the NFL. I mean, they have to. That they, they are the pirates of, of the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> hey, let's
1: but be the honest. pirates decided to move on. They so, did. Yes, so after they heard my your
0: rant, rant. Uh, it was definitely my rant that that yes. convinced them to do it. You're welcome, Pittsburgh. I've done you a huge favor. You might finally, uh, get some direction. Next step, GM. Anyway, yeah. the Redskins well, need to clean house as well. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people don't blame Jay Gruden for the situation he's been in. I think Bruce Allen uh, and Dan uh, Snyder yeah. are the two people who a lot of people have their sights set on. But, uh, you know, that decision, I agree, just really, really wasn't best for his future or for winning the football game for that matter.
1: Right, and last thing on the Redskins before we move on. I The reports were coming out that Jay Gruden might get fired after the Giants game if they were to lose. I am going to put my money uh, on the fact that after this uh, upcoming week, Jay Gruden will be fired. And the reasoning comes in, uh, you're not going to fire your coach and give your new coach, your interim head coach, their first opening matchup against the New England Patriots, who the Redskins play this Sunday. You're not going to give them uh you're not going to give your new head coach you know their first shot at playing the best team in the league because that just sets them up for failure. What you are going to do is you're going to fire your head coach after they get blown out by the Patriots and then you give your new interim coach a softball when they play the Dolphins' Uh, the following week. so. But can um, you
0: really fire a head coach for losing to the Patriots? I mean...
1: <laughs> no, but you can fire him after it. You can fire him because of all this. I, they were going... The, the plan was to fire him after the Giants game, but I think they reassessed the situation and said, okay, we don't want to give our interim head coach his week one coaching debut against the Patriots. We're going to give it to him against the Dolphins the week after. So I think Jay Gruden is a dead man walking, unfortunately, and I think that he would have been fired this past week if the Redskins didn't play the Patriots this upcoming week. Now they can go get blown out. They can fire Jake Ruden, and then they can give the new head coach or the interim head coach uh, a, a potential win uh, in Miami the following weekend.
0: The moral of the story is if you have a Patriot, start them in fantasy. That's yep. all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right, your savvy investment, Blake, the team player or coach that you believe is, tr- well, that is turning down that you believe will right the ship.
1: See, I, okay, so Savvy Investment, I, I feel like I always just take this a little bit away because they're not trending down. This is just someone that I feel like is kind of meh right now that okay, you can buy fine. into. So yeah. I, I think. I think the way I, I've, I've screwed this up both times we've done it, I've looked at savvy investment as someone that's like get Blake, in on this. Clearly, team you now. don't buy and sell so- stocks. Right? I, I, I'm like a I'm like a guy. My savvy investment is just like buying to them now because they're on the way up, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Minshew Mania has has won my heart. He has taken over as potentially my third favorite quarterback in the NFL behind uh, Mahomes and Rodgers. Uh, I I love watching him play. Yeah, the wins aren't pretty, but he gets oh, wait, them done. Oh wait, you forgot and,
0: Blake Bortles. He's up
1: there. Oh yeah, Blake Bortles. He's definitely my uh, my favorite um, <laughs> quarterback in the league. I love backups in Los Angeles and guys that are the worst number three overall draft pick in NFL history. Uh, wow. But okay. okay. Oh yeah. Oh awful, <laughs> awful. It is. It is. Well, well, we can. I can rant about that some other time. But uh, so the Jaguars now sitting at two and two. Should be 3-1 and one if Leonard Fournette gets that two-point conversion at the end of the game against the Texans. Rattled off wins against the Titans and the Broncos. Two, you know, meh teams. The Broncos worse than meh. But uh, you take a look at their schedule; they got coming up. They they have a good chance to really make a rise. Now they play the Panthers this week in a battle of two very interesting quarterback matchups between Kyle Allen and uh, Gardner Minshew. So hopefully they're able to pull that one out. I think that the Jaguars do win that game. Um, they lose to the Saints the week after. I don't think that this that the Saints should lose that game to the Jaguars. But then they've got three winnable games against the Bengals, or four. Win- Let me extend that. They've got six winnable games after that to the Bengals, Jets, Texans, Colts, and Titans. So those last three are a little bit more difficult because they're divisional games. Uh, Two of them are on the road. But, uh, you know, the Bengals and the Jets are ways to secure two wins. So if they beat the Panthers, lose to the Saints... And then uh, take those games against Bengals and Jets. They could be walking into the month of November with a 5-3 and three record, putting them in a good position to uh, take on the rest of the season with games still against the Buccaneers, the Raiders, the Falcons, uh, two games against the Colts. We're not sure what we've got in Indy yet. Um, And so the Jaguars, I think right now, if you're looking at teams and you want to go in on some win totals, I'm not sure where the Jaguars would be at right now. I know I put money on them at the beginning of the season when they were at like seven and a half. Uh, They have a good chance to steal three wins in the next month. Um, And for a 500 team, I think they could put themselves in a good position to win the AFC South.
0: And I'll tell you what, man, one of my new favorite players also happens to be on the Jaguars. And that's DJ Chark, Uh, a second round pick out of LSU. He has been money. Uh, you know, didn't didn't pick up have a huge game last week, but has been Menchu's favorite target uh since he took over as the starting quarterback. I foresee him being playing a huge role down the stretch for this team.
1: Yeah, if you uh if I'm, I'm when we did our podcast uh through Pure Sports back in the day, me and Connor goal to Goal um, we were hyping up different DJs heading into the, his draft class. <laughs> he was in the DJ Moore camp. I was in the DJ Chart camp. He Look was my number one receive. He was my number one receiver in that draft class. Uh, out of the film, um, it out of my evaluation because I was working on the uh, draft guide that season. So he was my number one guy, and he's been balling out. So him, D.D. Westbrook. I, I think they've got a, a an intriguing young duo there between the two of them.
0: Hell yeah! All right. Well, my team uh, or unit. That I am buying into as my savvy investment is also a, a unit that I guess I guess I'm kind of falling in line with your your trend here but ah, it's there you go it's the Chargers the Chargers offense uh in particular I, I get that they only played the Dolphins last week so looking at any numbers that they had in that game aren't really necessarily going to be a reflection of how they would play against other teams and they only scored 30 points so a lot of people might have expected them uh to score a lot more they were up only 17 to 10 at half uh ended up pulling away there in the fourth quarter. But overall, weren't all that impressive, but the number of injuries that this Chargers offense has dealt with so far has been pretty staggering. Their star, young tight end Hunter Henry, guy who we really haven't been able to see because of so many injuries that he's had um, on a consistent basis. He is not available right now. Mike Williams had to miss the game. Uh, a young receiver for them that they have a lot of – feel like they have a lot of potential. Uh, Melvin Gordon, obviously, still coming into uh, the team now. He's reported. Uh, didn't have a carry.
1: Was he active for the game? I don't believe he was active he, for the game. He – he was active, but he was a health, he just like sat.
0: Just sat the whole time, okay. Yeah. So, obviously he hasn't been acclimated uh, into the offense yet so far, but they just have so many weapons, man. Uh, you know, despite the fact that they only rank about middle of the pack uh, in points per game, they're third in yards, uh, third in passing attack right now, uh, and have the best time in the NFL uh, time of possession per drive uh, right now. So, they certainly are a team that can control the ball, uh, score and any different type of way that they need to they just got to be healthy and i get that yeah. two and two so far is not the start that the chargers wanted to get out to uh, this season but Looking at the teams that they play, that they lost to, you know the Texans for you know all of their flaws have been playing very competitive games so far this season. Uh, certainly have uh, you know made the Saints uh, really think uh, about that win. Uh, they lost to the Panthers just by six last week, so uh, they they've gotten off to a decent start. the The Colts they they beat in overtime. They lose to the, the Lions, who are looking like a legitimate team, and then they beat the. Dolphins, but now going into this next stretch, they're playing against the Broncos, the Steelers, the Titans, and the Bears in the next four weeks. Then they go against Green Bay, Oakland, and Kansas City before the bye. So conceivably, you think you can at least win five of those games, if not six, uh, if they really are the team that we expect them to be over this next stretch before that bye. So I'm buying into the Chargers right now, uh, especially that offense. Uh, we've just seen them go against some, some tough units, um, but overall, I think that you know this offense, that the pieces that they have, it's legit.
1: Yeah, once they get healthy, and that's like what you were saying. You know, once you can get everybody out there, and once, um, oh, tight end. Why am I forgetting his Hunter name? Henry. Yeah, as soon as Hunter Henry can get back on the field, you know, hopefully we get to see the season. I feel like everybody's been expecting out of him for the last two, three years now. Everyone's been like, oh, the Hunter Henry season, and then we all draft him in fantasy, and then he gets hurt, and it's (laughs) just, it's happened year after year, so... Hopefully that can happen for him, and that offense can get back together. Now, I'm going to spin this kind of as what you asked me with the Detroit Lions in a different sense, though, because I know at the beginning of the season this was a team that we disagreed on. I believe did you have you had them in the playoffs? Right? I did have
0: them. In the, I had them. running' It was a, 20, a wild, this, I had card. The wild card team. Yeah.
1: Right. I had them just missing. Do you still think today that the Chargers are a playoff team in the AFC?
0: I do. I mean, do. this is a team that just plays in a an away environment every single game all year. That's a tough environment to play in. But the fact that they did it last year just tells me, okay, this is certainly... A uh, team that you know is tough and, and can play in any game. You know, taking them on the road, it, it's not necessarily looking at it as a disadvantage because they play at a disadvantage every single one of their games. They're used to it. They're conditioned. I love Anthony Lynn as well, and I don't think that the Raiders are necessarily a threat to them. The Broncos, obviously, zero four already, so uh, they're probably mm-hmm. not going to be winning the division. They've got to uh, get a playoff spot. But I, I sent a stat to Blake uh, last week that the AFC right now. Uh, four and one, four and oh, and three and one teams. They have three. Uh, the NFC has, I think, believe it's seven, four and four and oh, three and one, or three and oh teams, um, right now. So, uh, the AFC is wide open. I mean, as far as, uh, where these teams stack up, you know, the Chiefs won't, will win that division, but there is certainly plenty of room for the Chargers to go on a run and get a wild card spot. I certainly expect them to do so.
1: Yeah, I've got them just missing, and I still think they're right around there. I just, I still think we get two teams out of the AFC North and two out of the AFC South. But um, I definitely agree that their offense—you should expect them to see, uh, you know, to pick things back up now that uh, Melvin Gordon's integrated and we get those kind of receiving core a little bit healthier.
0: All right. Well, our last piece of this segment here is short that stock. Some piece or team, player, or coach. That you believe is trending, or I keep saying that, man. A team player coach (laughs) that is trending up that you don't believe will be able to keep it up. Blake, who is your pick?
1: Yeah, this one was kind of easy for me. I went with the Oakland Raiders, um, and I know they weren't, you know, no one entered the season expecting them to be world beaters, um, but they are sitting at 2-2 two and two right now. Uh, you know, everyone thought that their Monday night football win to start the season over the Broncos was really impressive, and then it turned out that the Broncos are just a really bad team. Um, they did have an early lead on the Chiefs. They got blown up by the Vikings and then had a very good game against the Colts in which, you know, Colts fan aside, that is a game that should have been winnable for them. Uh, they they really just Bro, came out of the gates. Colts, and...
0: Colts failed me. I picked them in my survivor pool. I know. I was well, so it was, blown.
1: <laughs> it was unfortunate because uh, the Raiders started with the ball, had a very long drive to convert their first touchdown. Quick Colts three and out and then an end around on the Raiders first play of the next possession was a touchdown. So in a quick span, uh, the Raiders were quickly up 14 nothing and it was kind of a deep hole for the Colts to pull themselves out of. But the Raiders nonetheless are sitting at two and two and they're to me probably the they're the worst two and two team in the league. I, I don't even have the full list of two and two teams, but I feel comfortable saying that. Uh, and then you take a look at their schedule; they don't play at their home stadium uh, until the uh second week or no sorry until november so what they've got going on is they've got uh they play as the home team in london against the bears that's going to be a loss then they travel to take or then they have their bye week then they travel to take on the packers and the texans before hosting the lions on uh november 3rd so uh the raiders right now sitting at two and two um yeah they're still you know winning games those two wins are look less impressive now as we might have thought at the time that they won them uh, and then just given their schedule i mean that's that's awful that you've got you know travel to L- london to take on a team that's far better than you then you have your bye week then you play a team in Lanbo uh very hostile environment very tough place to play against a very talented team then you travel to take on houston and you're not back in your home stadium until november um you know, I don't think a lot of people were really buying into the Raiders necessarily, but as a 500 team, I think that you can be pretty confident in, uh, in shorting that stock.
0: Among two and two teams right now, the Raiders have the worst point differential at minus twenty three. Yeah. The next closest two and two team is the Colts at minus eight hey. right now. So <laughs> uh, that just kind that of shows you. That makes me you, feel good. Yeah, the, the Raiders <laughs> are, are definitely a step behind these other teams. That you know, obviously the AFC South wide open with four two and two teams. First time in NFL history that's ever happened. Oh, dude, don't know who to credit that stat to, but I saw is that it somewhere. really? Yep, uh, that a division through the first four games, everybody is two and two. So congratulations, you have the most mediocre division of all time. Uh, or proud of
1: the most competitive.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll look at it that way. Um, yeah, All
1: four teams are heading for the playoffs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens, but certainly the, yeah. the Raiders are, are not uh, at the level of any of those teams. Uh, notably, in that division, no team in the AFC South, just real quick, has a positive point differential except for the Titans, who are at plus 29, uh, which is pretty good for a 2-2 yeah. and team. So Uh, certainly uh, a lot of that comes from that big Browns win uh, in week one. Oh, yeah. um, You know, the fact that the Jaguars and Texans are both at zero is also interesting. So the Colts' worst point differential in the division right now. That's an uphill battle, Blake. It's an uphill (laughs) uphill battle. (laughs) I'm not worried. (laughs) All right. Well, for my uh, shorting that stock pick, I'm going over to the NFC South, and I'm going to talk about Jameis Winston, uh, who absolutely went off last week in that surprising defeat of – the of course los angeles rams a team that we expected at home to roll over a bucks team that's been pretty inconsistent and nobody more inconsistent than their quarterback winston but he had a huge game 385 yards four touchdowns one interception he had a pass rating of 120.5 but uh, i think with, with Jameis, you're going to get some games like this. We've had him have some outstanding performances in his career, both in college uh, and now in the NFL. Uh, and he's in a, an important season now. He can be franchise tagged at the end of the year or the Bucks can decide to let him walk. Uh, if they do so, they t- picked up his option, his fifth year option for this season. Uh, but if they do want to keep him into next year, they're going to have to either franchise tag him or extend him. I don't think that this is necessarily a performance he's going to be able to keep up. He does have very good receivers around him. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans just might be the best one-two – well, the other way around, but best one-two uh, wide receiver duo in the NFL. I, I, nobody is coming to mind. Um, maybe Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup uh, right now, uh, but that, that group in and of itself uh, obviously wasn't able to keep up. Now Goff threw for 517 yards, but he did have three picks. Uh, and two sacks so he had his own problems in that game but I'm not convinced that Jameis Winston is here to stay in terms of being a quarterback of that caliber we've just seen him have so many duds in the past that uh, you know he was able to just they had a good game plan going into this game and he has some good receivers that picked up some uh, plays in traffic that were uh, pretty remarkable one of the touchdowns that he did throw I believe it was the one to Evans uh, was on a blown coverage the safety came up too high uh, or too low excuse me um, and, and made an easy touchdown for him. So, uh, overall, I wasn't necessarily super impressed with his performance. I mean, he threw 41 attempts, he had an average pass uh, of 9.4 yards. I mean, that's not, uh, you know, blowing the cover off the table or anything like that. So, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that Winston is not going to be able to keep up this kind of pace. Uh, he's going to return to earth in the next couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Part of me, like, I, I think maybe where I'm getting a little bit blind faith is just thinking the fact that uh, Bruce Arians is that quarterback whisperer because I, I have been impressed with the way he's played. I thought he's looked good, and, and I also just believe that, you know, yeah, it was the right game plan, and there were a lot of things that went their way in that game, but I, I think of the Rams as a very talented defense in the league. Um, so uh, I, I probably agree with you as I don't believe he'll be able to keep it up but he's got a ton of great opportunities he's got a great uh, head coach offensive coordinator he's got great wide receivers a talented young tight end hopefully they can fix you know get that running game going Ronald Jones seems to be on his way as separating from Peyton Barber and uh hopefully their old line can can uh, keep him protected but um man I don't know I I want to believe that this is that he can at least have one good season so we can you know have a, a fun storyline heading into the off season on whether or not he, you know, is is kept by the Buccaneers or if he, uh, you know, gets to be a start gets a starting job elsewhere. Um, he did look good in the last two games, I, but I I would tend to agree it's probably going to come back down to reality afterwards.
0: Yeah. Well. We'll see. I mean, obviously, first two games, he struggled this season, but they were against yeah. the 49ers and the Panthers, which are two pretty good defenses, especially the 49ers, good, yeah. uh, that really made him look poor, uh, You know, forcing him into three interceptions, less than 200 yards passing in that game. Um, but he's thrown for at least 380 in each of the past two, albeit against uh, you know an exploitable Rams defense um, this week and, of course, last week. Was the Giants, which that secondary we have talked at length about how poor it is. Of course, made Dwayne Haskins look like a fifth grader trying to go out there and throw. But uh, you know, Winston, obviously a much more established quarterback, was able to uh, you know take advantage of that uh, matchup. But overall, I'm just I'm not I just don't know what to think about Winston, and I think that right now. Um, you know, with so much on the line for him. Uh, the Buccaneers are in, are in a spot where, you know, they're 2-2 two two as well. Uh, we could see them, you know, make a playoff run. Uh, I think we might be laughing at that take in a couple of weeks. But, uh, you know, the, the Bucks, that defense is legit. If Winston can sustain, you know, something like this uh, level of play, they are certainly a, a threat to, you know, come through in the NFC. Now the NFC stacked, so it's going to take a, a good number of wins in order to make it into the playoffs this season. Uh, if you are an NFC contender, and you're going to have to win some big games. Obviously, beating the Rams that is huge for a potential tiebreaker down the line. Um, but you know, they've got games against the Saints coming up. Um, we, we have to see a lot more out of them um, before I start really considering them a contender. Yeah, I agree with you. Alright, well that's going to wrap uh, our NFL talk 40 minutes in um, We are going to shift gears Yeah, <laughs> Concise, right? Um. I, I, I Honestly,
1: <laughs> I'm kind of proud of us
0: Yeah, I think that's record time To be honest uh, I, I'm pretty sure it took us over an hour to do Stockwatch last time So uh, we're, we're, we're on the upward uh, Trend here um, In terms of keeping things concise we will savvy we'll work investment Exactly, yeah, invest in us We'll, we'll, we'll pay off <laughs> in the long run Just got to wait a while uh, all right, so we're going to go ahead and talk some MLB postseason predictions uh, for this year. Obviously, this show will be coming out on Wednesday, which means the National League wildcard game will already have been determined. So you all know if I'm depressed, skipped work, and uh, I'm sitting at home eating ice cream all day, <laughs> or if I'm elated rubbing it uh, in every Brewers fan's face that I know, Which, in which case How I don't many, know any yeah, Brewers fans. So. I was going to say, I don't but think you know But my family any. is from... Uh, Wisconsin, so I might just text my family group chat and say "suck it" to any of you who care, because uh, there are a couple oh, Packers okay. fans in my family, so maybe maybe they watch baseball offhand. Not, I don't really know, maybe. But- um, they might, uh, but regardless, we're going to go ahead and go through uh, each league, and then we'll pick our World Series winner. So let's let's go ahead and start Woo. in that National League, Blake. Um, oh, wait! I don't want before wanna... we get
1: started. Oh, man, I'm sorry. go ahead. Sorry, I, I want to give hats off to you for for your preseason predictions being uh, pretty spot on. <laughs> Thanks. I, yeah. I, I, with the playoff teams, I mean, what was it? Seven out of
0: seven out of ten, and I went five seven or six on division winners. Oddly enough, the one yeah. division I got wrong was, of course. The NL East, the one I'm supposed to know the best, um, yeah. I, I guess, to let my heart get in front of me. I mean, honestly, if, if the Nats hadn't got off to that terrible start, they probably would have won the division. Um, right. But that's the team I picked to win it. And I actually had the Phillies as a wild card team. So had the Braves miss it all Did have the Brewers making it, however, um, but got mm-hmm. all of the division winners in the American League right. Uh, both, the, I got the Cardinals, that was a, a definitely one that people weren't expecting. And my World Series pick, it's Cardinals still over Yankees, still intact. So I'm yeah. sticking with that, just a spoiler there. Um spoiler. But uh, we'll go ahead and dive in now. And I don't want to spend too much time on the NL wildcard game because that's already happened. So Blake, real quick, who do you think is going to win tonight?
1: Yeah, I'll probably just give it to the Nats. I think, it, it
0: just, I, I mean, that's that's definitely the reasonable pick, um, but I'm just terrified, you know, that that's something that's I, I just going to go wrong. Um, <laughs> but they, I think Davey Martinez made the right moves in terms of who he started in this ah. game. He's got Estrubal Cabrera at second base, a guy they picked up midseason uh, from the Rangers who's been absolutely incredible for them down the stretch. Howie Kendrick starting at first over Ryan Zimmerman, despite the fact that Zim is making much more money and has, was the face of the franchise. I think those are the right moves. I would have liked to have seen Strasburg start this game over Scherzer, just because... I've heard a a
1: lot of people say that
0: I just Scherzer hasn't shown it down the stretch and he has doesn't have a great postseason track record Steven Strasburg's career postseason ERA 0.47 uh, that's so nice. that's something that you'd like to have however Strasburg is going to handicap Scherzer in case he does get in trouble early or only goes a certain number of innings uh, to bridge to the the later guys Daniel Hudson and Sean Doolittle I think that's a solid plan if you're going to go with Scherzer I get it he's your guy he's the ace he's paid the most money it makes sense um, I think if you are going to do that, they're doing, the, they're doing the right thing. So we can go ahead and act like the Nats win, um, but unless uh, you know, you're picking the Nats, so we'll go ahead and write off the Brewers for now. But you know, tomorrow maybe everybody's just laughing at us and saying what a terrible take. So if the Nats yeah. do advance, Blake, where do you see them stacking up with the Dodgers?
1: Um, I'm probably going to give it to the Dodgers there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and we've talked about this, and we actually talked about how the Nats might be the the biggest threat. This was what a month ago or so yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. We talked about the uh, the Nats being a potential really um really big threat to the Dodgers. Um, I, I would expect the Dodgers to pull that out. Um, God, it's it, it is one of those scary matchups too. If the if the Nats are to advance, uh, just because uh, how strong that pitching staff is for them, uh, you know, with that starting lineup that they can pull out. Um, but I think. And this is something that this is something that I actually wanted to bring up in general with this postseason because it, it's so interesting to me. We talk about how important pitching is in the postseason, but we've also started to see a part in in the regular season where home runs and and, and you know power hitting has really taken on a form of its own. You know, you take a look at the teams with the most home runs. Uh, one through five are all in the playoffs uh, the Chicago Cubs you know barely missed uh, Milwaukee and Atlanta are right there at seven and eight um, and then you know I guess you have to look a little bit further down to get Washington at number 13 but you've got all these power hitting teams and they've they've won their divisions they've they've advanced uh, they've made the postseason so I'm really excited to see if that has any effect in postseason or if pitching is still king. That's my favorite thing to watch for this year because we've talked about how inflated home runs have been this year and how we've kind of seen it progress up to this boiling point. Uh, But now I'm really excited to see the impact that home runs and power hitting have in the postseason or if pitching is still king.
0: My pick here is going to be... With the Nats actually going over the Dodgers, I know it sounds like a homer pick, but uh, you'll see that I'm not too much of a homer as we get into this a little bit. Um, But I do think that the Nats pitching staff matches up really well with the Dodgers. I've gone into length about that in previous podcasts, so I won't spend too much time on it. But the Dodgers are a team that they haven't played a meaningful baseball game since the World Series last season. I mean, Mm, to be completely honest, they ran away with the division early uh, and really never, you know, were able to just kind of stay in in cruise control throughout the rest of the season. Uh, Didn't have a legitimate threat for the NL um, and uh, West division title, uh, which has been the case in years past. And they've cruised to World Series. But uh, I've said this before. Going to three straight World Series is a very, very tough feat. It's a tough feat to do in any sport going to three straight championships. We rarely ever see it. Uh, And when you do, it's a really special team. And not to say that this Dodgers team isn't really good because it is. They're stacked top to bottom, uh, really don't have any major weaknesses, just like the Astros over on the American League side. But uh, I think that the Nats are are the hotter team, which – There is a lot of people will say, okay, uh, you know, September play has no bearing on postseason success, which is true. Uh, There have been plenty of studies on that. I've seen it. But this is the team that has been playing as if its season was on the line since the end of May. Uh, Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that they are built for the postseason in that way, in a way that we haven't seen the Nats before. This was the first time the Nats had a pennant chase down the stretch in September. Before this, they've always cruised their division titles when they did win it uh, with, you know, 10 plus game different differences uh, between the teams behind them because the NL East was so bad for so many years. Now we're looking at the Dodgers in that situation where they really didn't have any kind of threat for the division title. You know, to me, I think the Nats are just poised to, to win. Now, if the Brewers win, I don't think that they stand a chance against the Dodgers, to be completely honest. Uh, mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, the, the way that they're, they're pitching is set up, they're going to be bullpenning the hell out of the wild card game. I get it. Uh, that that makes sense for a one-game playoff. But having a win a five-game series with, you know, pitchers who might not go, you know, beyond five innings... Uh, I I just can't see that being a recipe for success against a team with such good pitching like the Dodgers, both in the bullpen and in the starting rotation. So my my Mm -hmm. pick would go with the Dodgers there. But since I have the Nats winning, I'll go ahead and say the Nats make it to the NLCS, win that first ever postseason series in D.C. Uh All right. So on the other. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, sorry. I just wanted to get your thoughts real quick on what I had said about the the pitching versus the home runs in postseason. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah. This is my thing. Uh, Strikeouts and home runs are the bread and butter of of Major League Baseball right now. And I honestly think that the teams who have bought into that, like the Yankees and the Twins, are, are teams that really pose legitimate threats. Um, in the postseason. But I also think that the teams who maybe abandon that and, and try different ways of scoring runs, like the Nationals, who are one of the highest contact teams, steal a lot of bases, I think they can, you know, get a few runs across if those bats go cold on the other side because, uh, you know, they're swinging for the fences and getting nothing. So uh, I would say that home runs will probably rule at, at this point with, with how the ball is flying. You've got to be swinging for the fences because your odds of hitting a home run have never been higher. Uh, but uh, I think that, you know, if some team, some really powerful pitchers uh, are able to limit the long ball, then, you know, we might see, uh, you know, some teams who don't necessarily hit a lot of homers go deep in the playoffs.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. I was just wondering, because it is going to be, it's just, it's got to that boiling point now where we've talked about how crazy the home run numbers have been. Now seeing it take form in the postseason, that's, I'm really excited to see how it, how it plays out.
0: Now, on the other side, we have a really intriguing series that gets me really excited of the of the National oh, yeah. League. And that is the Atlanta Braves and the St. Louis Cardinals, two division winners. The Braves, of course, had a huge second half uh, cruise to that NL East title. Only ended up winning it by four games, but clinched it uh, over a week before the end of the season. So there was never any doubt that they would be getting it uh, throughout the month of September. But uh, the Cardinals, of course, had were very streaky throughout the year, uh, some up and down seasons for them. But Jack Flaherty, man, Dude, uh, I know man. you only can only start one game or two games in the series. But we are about to see a kid who has been making a name for himself, certainly in the second half, will finish among the top five in the Cy Young race. But I think yeah. this is now his big breakout on the national stage where Jack Flaherty becomes a household name.
1: Honestly, I mean, you look over at his stretch since August 1st through the end of the season even. He's 8-4, and four, 100 strikeouts, an ERA of 0.77, an opposing batting average of 131. He has been lights out the last two months. And so, you know, I'm, I'm ex- extremely excited to see how that goes. And yeah, a very exciting matchup on the other side too with the Braves. Um, they're a team that I just don't know what to make of them. You know, it was it's it's great to see them. I, I know, except you know, for Nationals fans like yourself, Matt, to, to see them win the division. Where you take a look at uh, MLB.com's preseason predictions, none of them had the Braves in the postseason. Um, you know, much like yourself. So, seeing them being able to to uh, stay atop that division this season, very impressive to watch. Um, God, I, I'm I'm struggling picking a team to come out of this because I I am. Really excited to watch how it plays out and I think that both teams are gonna be certainly competitive. I am going to go Oh, uh, I'm gonna go with the Atlanta Braves. I like that And that I, seems I, to
0: be the way people are trending right now.
1: Yeah, I, I just you know I don't even know why. It's just I, I guess flip a coin was it was kind of where I went with this and the Braves, I just think that fundamentally, you know, I, I, I like A lot. They're, you know, the better power hitting team of the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals finished the season, what, 23rd in in total home runs? Let me make sure I got that right so I'm not. No, 24th uh, in home runs. Um, So I I guess I expect Atlanta's bats to really overpower the Cardinals' pitching staff. And, you know, not entirely in love with Atlanta's pitching staff, but um, I think they should be able to hold St. Louis, uh, you know, pretty tough. But it should be a very good series.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with. Uh, the Cardinals on the strength of their pitching, um, you know, they, yeah. they've also got an, uh, an offensive group that certainly has a, a lot of postseason experience up and down. I mean, anchored by Yadier Molina, that uh, no doubt leader on that team. But you, of course, have Paul Goldschmidt, um, who, you know, with the Diamondbacks, never really went deep into the postseason, but has been their best hitter this year. But uh, I really do think it comes down to the pitching. Uh, and I, I love Flaherty. Uh, Dakota Hudson has been great. Adam Wainwright had... Excuse me, a bit of a reclamation season this year. Uh, certainly, they were happy of what they got out of him, especially for what they're considering what they're paying him at age thirty-seven. Um, or actually, wait, no, isn't he on a cheaper deal this year? Let me look real quick. I know he uh yeah he's only being paid two million this year did oh, okay. uh, come out of a huge contract last year though was being paid 19.5 million uh after you know he missed a lot of time due to injury he only made eight starts last year uh the year before that 24 uh with a 511 era year before that 33 with a 462 year before that he only played seven games so he really hasn't been you know his vintage self since 2014 um back when he made 32 starts with a 238 era and finished third in nl cy young voting uh you know there He's certainly not at that level anymore, but uh, I, I do like the way he might match up um, with some of the guys at the back end uh, of the Braves rotation. They're obviously going to go with Soroka in game one. Um, I haven't exactly heard what they're going to do, but I'm imagining Dallas Keuchel will start game two, Julio Teheran game three, and then... Uh, Max Freed for game four. That's my guess. Um, mm-hmm. Freed is a guy that they really have been limiting the pitch count this year. He doesn't go deep into the games. Uh, I'm still a little bit weary about this bullpen. Julio Tejeron can be a bit of a coin flip. Um, he certainly has some excellent starts, but he will really, uh, you know, give up like seven earned runs in two innings uh, every now and then. So you kind of have to be weary with him and his home run rate uh, in his career has never been very good. So with uh, the way things have been going, uh, that might be a problem for him. I just think that the pitching leans in the Cardinals' way, so I'm going to pick the Cardinals to go to the NLCS to face the Nats. So you've got mm-hmm. Dodgers, Braves. I have Nats and Cardinals, so completely different series uh, oh, yeah. that have completely different landscapes. But I'm going to pick the Cardinals uh, partially because I picked them uh, to win in at the start of the season, but also the Nats bullpen, I, I just feel like there's an expiration date on it. And even if you can get past the Dodgers, you know, at some point, there's going to be some, some poor performances that are going to blow some games. We've seen it all year. Uh, you know, the only way the Nats really do win the world series is if the offense and starting rotation really pull the weight. I mean, you know, you mm-hmm. have to be relying solely on uh, Daniel Hudson and Sean Doolittle and, and maybe one or two other guys to be pitching the later innings. And I just don't see them being able to do that uh, all, all post So I'm going to pick the Cardinals to go onto the world series.
1: Right, the durability of that bullpen is going to be interesting for how far the Nats can carry themselves. So I definitely see what you're saying there. I am going to go. You know, we we talked about and you just said how uh, earlier how it's it's so tough to get to the World Series three times in a row. Um, you know, I, I take a look at the Braves and the Dodgers. It's going to be a really exciting matchup. But I think I'm going I, I'm going to give the Dodgers just based off of of how young. This Braves team is—they've got you know so many guys under even just the age of twenty-five. You know, Max Freed twenty-five, Mike Soroka uh, twenty-one. uh You know, in the starting lineup, you know, Acuna is a stud in this league. Twenty-one years old, Austin Riley twenty-two, Dansby Swanson twenty-five, Ozzy Albies uh, Albie. How do you say Albies. his last name? Ozzie Albies. Albies. Ozzy Albies twenty-two. Very young lineup, and I think. It's tough to get to the World Series three times, but I like their experience over the Braves. I got the Dodgers uh, representing the National League.
0: Can't hate the pick because not a fan of the Braves, but um, I do yeah. think that they are a legitimate contender. And even though I have the Cardinals beating them in the NLDS, I do think that the Braves' young core is among the best in baseball. And, and while I don't think they're going to make a deep run this year, we are going to be in for some uh, fun postseason baseball cool. for the Braves in years to come. All right, yeah, over to the American League now. We have a wild card game which will be played on Wednesday, so that will not have happened by the time you all listen. Uh, that is going to be played between the Oakland A's and the Tampa Bay Rays. Blake, where do you stand on this? I think we talked about it in our last episode, oh. uh, so we won't go too deep into it, but I believe you said the Rays.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm too into the Rays as a team to. I just. I, I love the value that they have in, in being able to. I, I don't. What am I trying to say? I like the story with with the Rays you know just being such a disrespected franchise and having terrible fans and and you know not having a ton of money to work with at all yet they've been a very competitive team you talk about their pitching staff very talented they've got some young guys uh, out in the field as well um, it's I, I'm picking the Rays just more so for the story uh, but I think that should still be a very intriguing game that I, I do believe they could still win but um, you know they're certainly going to have to uh, to pull pull deep to be able to beat the A's.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with the A's here um, because I believe that that Bob Melvin is one of the best managers uh, in baseball. Uh, year after year, he, he's given you know a low budget payroll. Certainly some good players, but having to, to really work with them and make them into contenders year in and year out. Um, and and this is a team that plays very good defense. Uh, we've we talked about how the Gold Glovers in the corners and Matt Olson and Matt Chapman. Uh, you know very good offense, top to bottom, a lot of power. Uh, not necessarily a team that hits for very high average. In fact, they don't have a s- single player uh, with a 300 batting average. They don't have a single player with a 290 batting average uh this year so they definitely go for the long ball and i've been very impressed with their pitching uh this season i think you know they're going to be rolling um with it uh they don't have frankie matas because of the suspension um so the guy that they're going to be going with in this game um is escaping me i don't know if it's going to be brett anderson um i don't know i don't know if they've announced it yet sean mania uh has returned they might go with him um you know he obviously has only made five starts this year but has been very impressive in those appearances um so they're excited about what they have out of him i don't know if they've announced who their starter is going to be um that's my fault for not looking that up beforehand but i'm still going to go with the a's because i like bob melvin i like the power that this team has and marcus semian may be the most underrated player in baseball this year
1: I like it. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a good game. Oh, it's they also announced it is Sean Manea.
0: It is? Okay, okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, he's obviously been impressive uh, in the short stint that he's been pitching. H- dealt a really terrible injury um, last season and has missed, for the most part, I believe it was 15 months uh, uh, due to that injury. I believe it was his shoulder. Um, so he is obviously having to... Um, you know, work his way back, but they're very excited about him. And the fact that he is starting that game tells me they're fully confident in him to be able to go deep in that game. So uh, I'm excited to watch that game. The A's are they're just a fun team to watch, man. And I know you're, you're, you're buying into the Rays narrative, but I think the A's are just so underappreciated uh, for how mm. good of a team they have. They're in a market that just doesn't get a lot of exposure. They have a terrible uh, setup in terms of their stadium. Um, you know, their colors <laughs> just don't pop. I mean, everything about so, them just says, so the... don't look at me.
1: Yeah, they're the West Coast version of the Tampa Bay Rays.
0: They really are. I mean, yeah. it's two you couldn't have two better teams facing off in this game. Two
1: but. more underappreciated franchises.
0: But we're going with different picks here uh, yep. to be facing off against the Houston Astros, and I don't think either of us are going to nope. disagree on this one. The Astros will be moving on to the ALCS. I don't think either of us can really debate that.
1: No, and I don't think we. I don't even think we need to go in and explain no. why. I just they're yeah they're they're gonna make it there.
0: That gauntlet right there. I mean, of, of hitters in the lineup and in, in the rotation, um, just top to bottom, they are a fantastic team, and we are going to be seeing them going deep. So we'll go ahead and look at the other ALDS series, which certainly is a lot more intriguing, and uh, that's the Yankees and the Twins, two of the most homer happy teams in the majors this season uh, the Yankees Getting back Luis Severino, which is a big pickup for them. Obviously, no Domingo Armand. So, their rotation may be still a little bit in flux, but the Twins pitching, not necessarily all that great either. Uh, they're going to be relying on guys like Taylor, or sorry, Jose Barrios uh, to be an ace when he got off to a hot start, but hasn't necessarily been an ace that they hoped he could be this year. Uh, Jake Odorizzi, Kyle Gibson, guys who will eat innings, but aren't necessarily uh, big strikeout guys uh and then maybe martin perez there at the end um blake you're a yankees fan you're coming at this from a biased perspective can you see the the yankees getting through here
1: i can i can see the yankees getting through here and I know, you know, losing Domingo Herman is huge, but also I don't think we expected Severino to be as ready as he is. Uh, And he he got some, I think it's three or four starts in the month of September to kind of ramp things up. People were worried he wasn't, you know, he might only get one before the postseason starts and that he was going to be looking at a reliever role. Um, But to me, to me, the Yankees, you know, their starters, Severino, Tanaka, Paxton, um, they're going to go with those three. And I think what we're going to see is is very short stints from their starters and then bullpen, bullpen heavy. They've been auditioning J.A. Happ and Sabathia as relievers. They've been trying that out in the month of September. They've even tried out situations where they've had Chad Green uh, open the game and then they went to Tanaka for four innings. And so we're going to see a lot of interesting decisions on that pitching staff and see how that folds out. But... Um, Two power hitting teams. Uh, The Yankees right now have a lot of players playing great baseball. I know they've been banged up, but they've got guys like Aaron Judge who's been on fire uh, since the middle of August. Giancarlo Stanton is back and he's been hitting bombs away, getting some RBIs in there as well. Um, I I just think the star power for the Yankees gets them uh, past the Twins.
0: Yeah, well, I went to a Yankees game uh, two weeks ago and I got to see James Paxton pitch against the Blue Jays and i got to tell you, man, he looked filthy. He had everything working. Uh, mm. I believe only gave up one run in that start. Uh, and, you know, I certainly believe that the Yankees hold the edge, even without Domingo Roman, uh in the pitching matchup this, this uh, series. They've obviously got the stars uh, to go with it. That offense is stacked from top to bottom, as is the Twins. Give them a lot of credit. Um, but, you know, we're going to be seeing a guy like uh, – John Carlos Stanton, you know the the three hundred and twenty five million dollar man, who's only played eighteen games this season. They've done all of this without him in the lineup on an on an everyday basis. Uh, yeah. I can't believe. They, I mean, they really have been doing all of this without most of these players in the lineup on a right. everyday basis. Got, yeah. ro- rolling with guys like Mike Talkman and Gio Urshela, trading for Edwin Encarnacion mid year. I mean, this has certainly been uh, a unit that we oh. weren't expecting to see. Uh, by the end of the season, but that just makes his team more deep than ever, uh, and, and yeah. you know they're going to be able to bring in some guys like uh, Urshela or Talkman. Or Talkman's hurt right now. Is he going to be? Yeah, yeah I don't out know out if out he'll, the be, he, yeah, he'll be. He be out is. for the year, unfortunately. But like a guy like Cameron Maiden, who had a reclamation yeah. season um, after he was kind of a bit of a journeyman, um, you know, coming off the bench. Uh, Clint Frazier, obviously, who was uh, heralded as a trade piece i bet the team is very glad that it didn't trade him now um i, I think where they are right now the, the yankees are just in a better position to win this series i'm gonna go that they win uh and face the astros in the alcs
1: yeah and before i give my pick after that i i just this yankees team will go down to me as as one of the all like i won't forget this 2019 yankees team with how you know how they were able to to win over a hundred games missing I, they haven't they haven't had their full starting lineup out there for a single game this year they might have had it for the opening game but then Andujar Torres Laborman was out for the year but they didn't even have Severino opening day too so no they didn't and and so like for them to be this successful of a team no matter how far they go in this postseason um, I, I'm just I I'll never forget this Yankees team it's it was so amazing to watch them all year
0: well we've got the Yankees. And the Astros. Both of us going with the same picks uh, for the AL Championship Series. Blake, are you going with the Yankees? or Are you going chalk and picking the Astros?
1: Uh I it's I don't know. This is this is the the matchup where I want to see versus the pitching staff versus the power hitting. You know, this is I, I want this matchup so bad to get a series and see in the postseason uh, which stands tall. Um, I. You know what, because um, one way I'm going chalk, one way I'm going with my favorite team, so I might as well just go with my favorite team if I'm going <laughs> to pick one of those two That's options. True. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Yankees. Uh, I love them. They have my heart. They're going to the World Series.
0: Hey, man. I mean, look, there is no reasonable way to say that the Astros are going to lose a postseason series, so you just have to say baseball. And yep. I'm going to say baseball, the Yankees win this series. I picked them oh, I love prior you. to the year. I am rolling with it.
1: I love Yankees you.
0: versus Cardinals. For me, uh, in the World Series, you have Yankees versus Dodgers. Blake, are you going all the way? Are the Yankees going to win it? Or do you think the Dodgers finally get over that hump and win this World Series?
1: Oh, oh you know, f- fuck it. I've got them here. I'm just going to pick the Yankees to win. <laughs> I, I, You're on who record. Who would I be? Who would I be? If I if I had the Yankees go this far and didn't pick them to win it all, and, and listen, I know baseball isn't my necessary, you know, isn't necessarily my forte. And this season actually I, I I was able to learn a lot about baseball, so hopefully I can take some of the knowledge I've picked up along the way for future years. But I'm gonna throw that all aside I'm gonna go with my favorite team winning the World Series. I can't, you know, you know, proudly pick them to make it this far, have them upset the Astros if I'm not gonna have them beat the Dodgers. So I'm going Yankees win the World Series. The chase for twenty eight. <sighs>
0: Whew. Man, God. what a thrill! I, uh, I I picked the Nats to make the World Series back in 2017, uh, and they did not. But I did pick them to lose to the Astros, who won that World Series. So, oh, there you um, go. I did get part of that right. So I did put them there and then not have them win. Um, maybe I should have done it and, and things might have been different, but I'm not an overly superstitious guy. So uh, I don't care that I didn't pick them to, to make it to the world series because I'm going to be picking the Cardinals, the team that I chose to the start of the season uh, to win the world series. I don't, wouldn't necessarily say they are the most complete team. Uh, I, I think that they have the ACE that they're going to ride all the way in Jack clarity. I think that they have the, the stud hitter who's going to come through in clutch moments. And that's Paul, Goldschmidt, uh, and I think that they have the closer who's going to be able to lock down uh, tight situations late in games, and that's Carlos Martinez. Uh, Obviously, the Yankees have three guys who who fit that bill, uh, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I think that the Cardinals are a team that has been here to the World Series before. Maybe not all of these guys that we, we've talked about, but they have enough veterans in that clubhouse who are going to be able to keep their nerves calm. I'm picking yeah. the Cardinals uh, to win the 2019 World Series. And what is obviously uh, a very, um, let's say, risky pick uh, compared to what most people are saying. But you know what? It's a prediction. You know, At the end like of the day, hey. if, if you're just going to go chalk, what's even the point?
1: Yeah, well, I, I, what I like about it too is we talk about how baseball is such a momentum picked up thing. And, and these two teams are that you've got in the World Series are entering the playoffs extremely hot. You know, you talk about how on fire the Cardinals have been, and, you know, Flaherty as well. And, and the Yankees now getting most of their lineup healthy have been on fire since, you know, the beginning of August. So you've got two hot teams heading into the postseason. If they can carry that momentum, you might be able, you might have nailed your, your preseason uh, World Series picks.
0: <laughs> we'll see, man. I'd uh, be excited. That would actually be the second That'd be straight. Cool sport uh that I did it for uh because I picked the NFL uh the Super Bowl correct last season um oh that's with right the, the yeah Rams and the Patriots I got that pick that's wrong right. so maybe that means the Yankees are going to beat the Cardinals in the oh, World Series I love it I love it there we go that's <laughs> we'll what I see. needed to hear Matthew we'll see hey um that's going to do it, do it for our show today, though, all. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. I'm at Matt Wyrick FBB, where I write about the Nationals for Federal Baseball, and all things DC Sports for NBC Sports Washington. You can follow Blake over at Blake Andrew Pace, where he writes about Syracuse, uh, where Troy Nunez is... Uh, I got the name right. What's... Yeah, Troy you N- did.
1: And he's an absolute magician.
0: An absolute magician. Plus Stampede Blue, where he writes about the Colts uh, yeah. over there, both SB Nationals sites blake has some great work um and don't forget to rate like and subscribe you can do that on apple Podcasts, you can do that on spotify you can do it on google music uh whichever place you get your podcast we are there so again thank you all for listening blake any final words for the good people
1: nah man let's go enjoy this month of october it's gonna be a fun one
0: That's right. Hopefully I am celebrating at the time you all listen to this. But if not, maybe send me some notes uh, of sorrow because I will be feeling it. Yeah. Thank (laughs) you all so much for listening and have a good one.